freedom freedom over fame freedom over cycle stays the same welcome in everyone to how to ride a roller coaster i'm your host david ezel here we'll talk with business owners and founders on what it's like to ride the roller coaster known as entrepreneurship how to navigate the highs the lows, as well as tangible tips that you can use right now to kickstart your business or idea. Let's get to it. Welcome in everybody to this episode of How to Ride a Roller Coaster. Today I'm joined by the amazing Morgan Katz. She is the CEO of Event Finders. What's happening? Hey David, great to see you today. You too. How's your week so far? Good. It's been good. This is geared up towards our busy season, which we love. So we are um, hustling away over here. Oh, that's awesome. So before we delve into, you know, kind of where you are now with the busy season of everything happening, let's give people a little bit of background on um, on Event Finders. And then we're going to talk a little bit more specifically about your background and how Event Finders even came to be. Yeah, absolutely. So Event Finders, uh, we help companies manage their season tickets and entertainment assets. So companies buy season tickets with the best of intentions. They're going to use it for their business development, their employee engagement, um, and then they get them and they have no idea how to do any of that. Or they sit in a desk when we had old paper tickets. Now they sit in your ticket account. So how do you actually utilize those so that you can have an ROI, you can have a return on your investment? So we have a software platform turns all your tickets into data. You know what you're using internally, externally, not using, um, and then it gives you options: resell, donate. Plus, we help you put strategies, policies, and procedures in place that maybe you didn't have in the past with your tickets. So this is almost seems, and the first thing that kind of comes to my mind is, is something like gift cards. You know, I always see those yeah. stats where so many gift cards are purchased and given out as, as gifts every year, and then like millions of dollars just like go unused because. People throw them in a drawer and forget about them. Um, well, that, yeah. and I can only imagine that corporations, especially that buy you know tickets in bulk, that they get to a certain point and they don't know how many they've used or where they're going. So that sounds awesome. Yeah, it's a big thing. So on the national average, forty-seven percent of corporate season tickets go unused because they're just forgot about or they're not known um, by other people in the company. One department might buy them and they're meant to be used, but it's not shared well. So how is that communicated through the entire team, through the entire company that these are even available? So it's a huge thing. um, And it's just one of those things that I've always been in this industry and saw this need from selling premium and was like, wait a minute, what are we missing here that this is such a high number of people not showing up to games? Because it's a ripple effect. Then affects venue staffing, venue usage, food and beverage. There's so much more that goes into it. So that that's a great segue. So let's go back. So um, let's yeah. tell people kind of how you got into this. Like where where did this come from? Yeah, absolutely. So I've always been uh, involved in sports and live events. Um, I joke, this is the first job I've ever had in my entire life that I have not had a walkie-talkie. Um, and so I've always just been out and about, moving around, at an venue, at a venue, at an event, um, working. And so um, I have a degree in sports management. I went to the University of Kansas, so Rock Chalk, uh, which is a great sports school, right? <laughs> um, and so from there, I went straight into baseball. I worked in baseball in minor league and in major league um, on the event side and on the sales side. And then um, I went over to Live Nation, where I sold premium as well. And again, we'd sell these packages and then people wouldn't show up. 
And the sellers have their hands tied to a degree because their job is to sell, sell, sell. And so then you have this client retention issue and question and conversation, where does that fall? So that's where we jump in and help. So um, I've always been in this industry. It's it's what I know, it's what I love, it's a lot of fun. Um, the, the vibe, the energy of a live event is something that's just, you can't replace it, I can't replace it. Um, and so it's so great to be able to do this, but now to do it, on the client side, having those strategic conversations, while I might not be out, you know, directing parking at a venue or making sure you get in the VIP club personally, we're doing all of that ahead of time. So it's a really great opportunity. Was there a moment when you were with Live Nation where it was just, you just happened to see it where it's like, wait a minute, there are so many tickets that are just completely going unused. I see a, I see a space that I can fill. Did that just kind of happen organically? Yeah, to a degree. So selling premium um, boxes, suites, all these areas, when they're empty, the first thing that the fan who is there asks is, well, can I upgrade to that? And the answer is no, because it's technically sold. But we don't know if they're coming or not, right? So it's one of those that you keep answering no, because, or but. And it's like, why is it? How does that work? What does that do? And so if you're constantly telling that answer to the fan that is on site, then you know that there's a problem with people not showing up, right? And so then you also hear it again, as we talked um, throughout the venue, then you hear it from the servers who are supposed to service that suite. Well, nobody showed up. So it's a rip, again, that ripple effect that keeps coming throughout um, the conversation within the organization, within the event venue. Okay, so you see that. And then, so what was the first thing that you did? You noticed that gap, then what? Yeah, great question. So when we first started um, with Event Finders, the concept was almost more strategy and consulting. Let's go in, let's help you put policies and procedures in place, and that's great. But just like how tickets sit in a desk drawer or sit in an account, sometimes that's what happens with policies and procedures, right? You can provide that all that guidance and help, but it doesn't mean it's actually happening. So we wanted to take a more hands-on approach, and that's where we developed our software, where we can see what you can see, and then you have an account manager with us that actually walks through on a weekly basis. What do you have? What are you using? What are you not doing? So we specialize in helping small to medium businesses with their tickets because oftentimes they don't have that person that can spend the time to do that. It might just be 30, 45 minutes a week, but for somebody else that's other duties as assigned, right? It's that bottom line of their job description or it's a small office of three or four people. So by having that secondary stage, that's where we actually notice the amplification in our services. The first part is great. We, we do that all day long and, and we're happy to do it. But when we can walk in and actually still take a hands-on approach, it just works out better for everybody. And you mentioned that 47 or 48% typically go unused. So I would assume that for a small to medium-sized business, I mean, that's that's a money saver right there. I mean, that's huge right? to their bottom line that, yeah, you, did, you guys didn't use these tickets. When you first found this out and you guys started to do consulting and then you said, okay, well, let's go ahead and build a software platform that we can really show the analytics and we can show the, the money that we're, you know, that these businesses are losing out on or forgetting about. Um, was it like a fundraising thing first or how did you, like when, when the software first started or when you knew that you were going to go the software route, how did that happen? Yeah, so COVID obviously uh, impacted us pretty heavily, right? Being in the live event space. Um, and so in 2020, we had uh, a very long intermission um, from normal business operations. So during that time is when Ticket Booth, which is our software platform, came to be. 
it was developed during that time and the concept, but also the production phase started. Um, during that time, we were lucky enough to get some um, an EIDL loan, and that's how we have started. That is the only fundraising we've done. Everything else has just been organic growth to this point. Um, and so it's really exciting to see that um, and to be able to continue to grow at a steady rate where we're able to have that organic growth, but also still um, be comfortable where we sit. So when COVID hit and you guys had, you know, a little bit of kind of that pump the brakes moment, what was your mindset going yeah. in? Yeah. Like when you saw that, you know, they were using cardboard cutouts in the in the stands as opposed to real paying fans. Right. Where, like kind of walk me through your, yeah. your mindset shift. Because, I mean, I know that that's an up and down. Yeah, absolutely. So the timing was <clears throat> crazy. So in February of 2020, um, I actually had a daughter. And so she was born. I had taken about 10 days of maternity leave. And then I had come back in March 1st. Um, and through that... Um, I, COVID happened middle of March, right? So it shut down. So I was like, great, I'll just actually get a couple of weeks off with my little girl. Perfect. Little did we know what that ramification was actually going to be and how long that was going to last, right? So, um, you know, what we tried to do was be as best of a resource for our clients as we could be so that the reward would come on the back end. And what I mean by that is a lot of teams were very generous and played nice and said, we're just going to pause everything. We'll come back to you when we actually have an answer. Don't worry about payments. Don't worry about contract terms. Like everybody's in an unknown world. However, there were some teams that still said we want full payment for the season. There's no questions. There's no, you know, there's nothing to work with you as the customer on. So we tried to advise our customers as best as possible of, of what they could do, what they could not do, what, what that kind of looked like. Obviously not knowing all the outcomes, but how we could help in that world. The teams that, played nice in the sandbox, were heavily rewarded with renewals and everything in 2021 and 2022, if you look at the stats. The teams that did not have lost some serious long-term clients through that. And, and that's kind of the approach we took. We would rather still be a resource, even if we're not technically generating revenue right now, for the future of the business. This wasn't a short game, it was a long game for us, right? Um, and so we did that. We did a lot of contract negotiation, a lot of talking through what it actually looks like, what it doesn't, how do you extend your terms? What does that mean on your escalation if you've got an escalation in your contract of payments? All sorts of things is what we did. Um, we do work nationwide, but most of our clients are in the South where there were live events with fans in the fall, right? So in Texas, we had the World Series here. We had Cowboys games. We had National Finals Rodeo, all these things. So we were able to, to rebound in a sense of having some fans at events that we could still, um, you know, earn a few dollars for to, to throw some money back in the bank account after a long intermission. I feel like that's a great spot right there. You know, communication and being a nice person. Company-wise, just just be nice yeah. to those that you do business with because the world has a fantastic way of showing that on the back end. Yeah, so one of our core values is honest, clear communication, and that's what you'll always get. Good and bad of what you want to hear sometimes on the client side and on our side. We'll take the hit when we have messed up. But we also will say, hey, now, this is actually how this, you know, we want this relationship to look like. And so having that and just having our team know that, that I'm going to do that as a CEO, you can do that as the employee in a respectful manner, of course, but that we're going to communicate honestly and effectively, that's huge for how we operate. And congratulations on, on your daughter also. Um, we, 
Yeah, for oh, sure. Thanks. I mean, we so we had our first son end of January 2020. So I feel like I feel like we're on a similar wavelength when it came to hey, we have, yeah. a, we have a month of this new baby, and then the world shuts down, and you're kind of I don't know what we're doing. You know, we I mean, yeah, daycare well, right. was shut down. So I mean, luckily enough, it was one of those amazing situations in time where we were actually able to spend every second of every day for months on end just at home with him. Yeah. Um, and I, and I know that like if, if it were to, yeah, if it were to happen now that, that everything would be different, you know, it would be home for a little while with maternity it's and, then, so and then back to daycare. So. Yeah, it's so different. We have an eight month old. So he was born in December of 21 and it's just, a, I mean, you know, for her, it was like a month, nobody saw her. And then COVID's nobody saw her for four or six months. And it's like this, our son was born two weeks before Christmas. And so we're like, here's the baby. You know, it's just a completely different like experience with him. I'm like, this kid's been out more than she was in her first eight months or nine months and two or three because of how the world was in 2020 when they were little. I mean, I don't think our son saw another person like outside of our family. I don't think he saw anybody for six months. Like, we, we would go to a mall or go to a grocery yeah, store totally. once you actually could with the mask, standing in line. We would go into a grocery store, and he's just looking at, looking around like that because it's so bizarre. He's like, <laughs> just like, where am I? And who are these people? <laughs> yes. It's so crazy, the difference of, of each, like, their first years. I mean, dramatic changes. Totally. Totally. <laughs> so what would you say to somebody who is looking to maybe get into something like this? So, you know, sports fan wants to get into something kind of like what you're doing, you know, and I know that you have a lot on the ticket back inside. So you kind of had an eye out for that. So whenever you saw that gap, you said, Hey, I can fill that gap because it's, it's a need, but, but somebody else who's maybe trying to even get into the sports realm, what advice would you have for them? Yeah, absolutely. So there's a lot that has changed in sports because of COVID. So pre-COVID, sports and technology were definitely not friends, and they were probably 10 to 12 years behind in that industry. We have fast-forwarded pretty dramatically, maybe six or eight years in, in these two or three years. So there's a lot of opportunity to be in sports without working for a team, because that's a very different experience than, than being in the sports world. And so that's kind of, where does your passion lie? Is it understanding the fan experience? Is it the software? Is it the technology side of things? Is it the media side of things? Or is it going into the games and feeling that energy? Two very different worlds to approach and to go to. And it's really interesting to see kind of what is being adapted well by the clients, by the customers going to the games. Um, and so that'll dictate a lot of things. But if there's a, if you see something, right, with all these changes, there's a huge potential and opportunity for new tech, new opportunities to start in the sports world because of all the changes, all the advancements that have been made over the last few years. Um, it's really interesting talking, you know, through everything of like metaverse and crypto and NFTs and sports is all about it, right? Especially NFTs. But are the fans about it? That's the interesting thing. So what lies where and everything. Um, but if you want to go the team side, there's a ton of opportunities. But it's it's a it's a pay to play concept. You start low and you work your way in and you work your way up. Um, oftentimes, um, teams will have sales academies, sales classes that you join for a semester for um, a couple month program. And that's a great way to meet people, get your foot in the door, some great training and opportunities too. So that's how a lot of the professional teams 
um, manage their pipeline of potential employees and, and next steps for people. I mean, I remember growing up in Louisiana when I was younger, um, always been a huge sports fan, played sports my whole life. But I originally I wanted to do the same thing. I wanted to get into sports in some capacity. Um, I think I always kind of had a vision for like a front office kind of thing, you know. Um, but it, it does seem like that was the main route. It was like you either go and start with ticket sales or you start with um, vending, you know, at concession or something like that and kind of work your way up through a pro organization or a minor league organization. Or you kind of go the other route, which is like you're a, a news or a sports writer, you know, where you can kind of get into it a little bit from the back end of it. Um, but I love to... I love that there are technology aspects out there now. I mean, I know that, you know, predictive analytics and things like that, there's just tons happening yes. with actual play-by-play. What is, what's the percentage that this next pitch is going to be a curveball, you know? And, and it's almost kind of interacting with betting and things like that. So it's, it's fantastic to know that sports has really started to adopt that and the technology is catching up. Yeah, absolutely. Even teams have their own analytics um, team now. From the marketing side of things to the player side of things, there's so much more. Um, some it, It's incredible what these teams produce. Some teams have one, two, or three employees for their entire like analytics team, and then others have built out incredible multi-layer you know, groups and organizations. So that is a huge part within the sports teams that is growing and changing right now. Yeah. So what's next for, um, for Event Finders? Yeah, absolutely. So um, we've been really lucky to grow and continue to grow. Um, We are doing some new platform updates on our software um, for some things that we have learned from our clients that would be a great resource or benefit to them. So we're excited. We're going to work through those in the fall. And then after our busy season of all the teams, we're going to roll that out in um, Q1, Q2 of 2023. So that's really exciting for what the next stage of our platform is going to look like have some more integrations, uh, some more opportunities, such as um, just even getting a calendar invite on your um, Outlook or your Google, just different things like that that are somewhat basic but also aren't offered. Um, And so things that we can do to enhance the client experience, the customer experience going through. Uh, We're also looking to continue to grow our team. Um, So we'll probably add a few new team members in the next four to six months. Um, So we're working through that and what that looks like and everyone's new roles and allocations. Um, So lots of really exciting things um, of growth and potential as we really go back to a a normal season of sports. This is the first year all pro teams since 2020 have been at full capacity. And so what does that actually look like? That landscape's a little bit different. So we're, we're flowing with that a little bit, but with our end goals in mind. So how can people keep up with you? What are your social channels? I want to make sure that everybody knows exactly how they can find you. Yeah, thanks. I appreciate that. So we're really active on LinkedIn. That's where we share all of our updates, um, our testimonials, our new product developments. Um, So that would be number one. Uh, We do have Facebook and Instagram. Those are a little bit more fun sometimes about artists and um, history and sports and music. Um, But for anything product related, we're going to be on LinkedIn um, and share that. Please, I'm happy to connect with anyone um, personally as well um, or anyone on our team. Well, thank you so much for your time today. This has been a pleasure. And um from the very first time that we met at Founders Live where you absolutely knocked out your 99 second pitch and of course you won. <laughs> awesome job again on that. Um, yeah, it's just been so so fantastic to follow you and all the success that you're having with Event Finders. 
Thanks, David. We really appreciate it. We loved being a part of Founders Live and appreciate the opportunity here today. You got it. Well, have a good one and have a great rest of your week. Thanks. See you soon.